Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Well, it's already been quite the, uh, the full morning for us at Renew, and what I appreciate is our, 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 our community is just an ecosystem of amazing stories. Um, and one of the things that we are really excited about as a community is what it looks to, to follow Jesus into the world. Um, and this is sort of impromptu. It's not part of the teaching, so you don't have to worry about the slides yet. But I was just chatting with, with Kent Gerhardt. I have to have him come up um, for a minute to share uh, just a really cool God opportunity that happened this weekend. And, and I think it will, I'll figure out a way to fit it into the teaching. But yeah, can you share what happened? And first of all, if, if, you, if you ever have questions like, how do I love my neighbors? How do I lead them to Jesus? What does it look like to be an evangelist? Um, I guarantee you, Kent and Cindy will sit down with you and say, here's what we've learned. Here's what we know. Um, I, I haven't met people that do it quite as uh, with excellence that you and your beautiful bride, Cindy, have done for many, many years. So thank you. But yeah, share the story. Well, first of all, yes, Cindy is beautiful. Thank you. Um, you know, I've always said a, lar- a large part of being a disciple of Jesus is just to make yourself available to the Holy Spirit and to his leading. You just got to be available and you have to be willing to follow those leadings. Well, I had an interesting experience. We, uh, we went to our 45th, yeah, 45th uh, high school reunion last night. And before the reunion, the guy who was uh, organizing it asked me if I would do the prayer for the meal. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I've done that before. And, uh, but then he called me like, what, 30 minutes before the, 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 or an hour before the event started and said, well, my wife just tested positive for COVID. I'm feeling fine, but I'm not going to come tonight. So I want you to MC the whole event. <laughs> it was like, yay, God. All right. That's kind of like what you, happened Brian. here. It's like, hey, Ken, can you share? Yeah. Yeah, right. good. Can okay. Perfect. <clears throat> but anyway, and Cindy and I had already been praying about the evening. Like, okay, God, we're going to be out there. People we haven't seen. We just pray you'll lead us, guide us, you know, into conversation with people and whatnot. But this gave it, this upped the game a little bit and just gave even more opportunity to do that. So the short of it is, it just turned out to be a whole evening of continuous God moments. I mean, the whole evening. It it was awesome. From the time we got there to the time we left, the Lord just gave us opportunity to speak with people, to share faith. Um, You know, I I gave the blessing for the meal, but we also talked about some uh, and prayed for some people in our class who were uh, very ill and uh, needed a lot of prayer. Uh, we, and uh, so that went very well. And then as we had conversation with people during dinner and after dinner mingling, it was just so cool because, you know, when you don't see people for a while, it's like, okay, what have you been doing in the last five years? And every single person I talked to, I started off with, well, Cindy had breast cancer and bladder cancer. That was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And they were all like, oh, really? Tell me about that. So it it just led into conversations of faith and how God is good, how God is faithful, how he's walked us through all that stuff. And um, so we just had a lot of moments to share our faith journey uh, with people in our class. It was just really amazing. 
And it was kind of funny because then, you know, and I had to MC the thing. And afterwards, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and were just expressing thanks and gratitude for the night. One guy was a believer and he said, Kent, when you were talking, the Holy Spirit was here. The whole, I could feel the presence of God here. And I just thought, yay, God, yay that God. is so cool. And, and I, it was also really refreshing, too, because I spoke with three or four of our classmates who were believers, and they were sharing with me stories of their faith journey and things the Lord, you know, this one lady, she lost a son, you know, her, her child passed away, and uh, God used that to help bring him back to faith and whatnot. And so it was just a, just a great evening, a ministry of reaching out and seeing God do a whole lot of things in just a couple of hours. It was it was really cool. Awesome. So, Ken, can you pray for our community um, to, yeah. to, to embrace, to receive this and have this sink in and yeah. just influence the next Monday through Saturday? Amen. Lord, I do pray for us as a gathering of your people. Lord, you never called us to become Christians. <clears throat> you called us to become disciples. Hmm. And Lord, part of being disciples is to go out into the world, be a good example, but also share our faith with people and to just engage with the world around us and to just, even if it's something simple, like, Hey, God got me through COVID or something, you know, it's like, Lord, I just pray that you would embolden us, that you would empower us by your Holy spirit, that we would be willing and able to, to go as you lead us and direct us and guide us into conversation, into engaging our neighbors, engaging with our friends. And whether it's just being helpful to somebody, whether it's sharing a yay God moment in our life with a, a neighbor or an associate, and that, Lord, we can just be seed planters. I know you've called some people to reap, but I think all of us can be seed planters, Lord. So I just pray you will help us to plant uh, seeds of the kingdom in everyone that we come in contact with, and that you would help us to do that, empower us to do that through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Kent. Thank you. All right. So I am... Um really grateful to be part of a community that just continues to dust for the fingerprints of God in every aspect of life. Um, and yeah, I, that's going to weigh all the way down, which is fine. You guys are like, he's got three books up there. We're in trouble. But I'm just so grateful for the ways in which God has been at work within our community. Um, and we, we've been doing some really, really cool and amazing things as a community, even in the midst of all of the craziness that has been taking place since March, 2020. And I'm just so grateful to look and to see the way God has been faithfully active and working in us. Um, and I love that, uh, you know, have you, many of you have heard the, the expression, or if you haven't, there's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And like the challenge is, is you write chapter 29. But I love that the chapter 29 of the Gerhardt's life is this chapter about the kingdom of God is like uh, being invited to your 45th anniversary for high school and then uh, finding out 30 minutes before that you need to emcee the space. And so I show up and I bring God's presence. And so I think we all have these moments where we're called to live our lives as parables. Like how do we put ourselves on the altar before the Lord and say, use me, um, which has nothing to do with, I'm going to be talking about this morning, but I'm just, I feel like, we need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is so active and he's just inviting us and inviting us and inviting us to partner with him. And part of that is just us opening up our hearts to him and say, Holy Spirit, use me. I mean, you who are teachers, you who are stay-at-home parents, you who are electricians, you who are 
carpenters, you who are IT people, whatever you do, you who are grandmothers and grandfathers, um, invite the spirit into your day and just sit back and see what happens. It's actually probably gonna be a lot more active than just sitting back. I just wanna leave that disclaimer. The adventures that you will go on will not just shape your life, but it'll shape the lives of people around you. And that's the gift of what it is to follow Jesus. We don't just, and I love that. Thank you for saying, he doesn't call us to be Christians, he calls us to be disciples. Okay, that's what we're getting into this morning. That's the uh, launch here. So if you're new with us, we've been working through this book called the Abide Bible Course. And if you're like, oh man, I'm not walking into the middle of a movie. Um, no, it's okay. We're going to be talking about part of it. And essentially, it has been a way for us to recalibrate uh, a lot of our lives uh, from the perspective of how do we engage the scripture, not how do we read scripture, how do we engage it? We believe that the, the scripture, the Bible, has such important part for us to understand what does it mean to be a disciple? Not just what does it mean to be a Christian, but how do we get to know the personhood of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, the three in one, the one in three? How do we submit our lives to him? And so as we read and engage, as we read scripture, we might just understand information, but as we engage scripture, the information gets into us. And it begins to affect the ways in which we look at all of the life around us. And so why are we engaging in scripture and working through Abide? Well, because we feel like we need some help thinking through our discipleship after the disruption. Um, these past few years have been a major disruption for a lot of us. And anyone else still feel that low-grade fever that hangs out? You'll notice it in interactions with others. When you hear something that bothers you, do you are you quick to snap? Is there a response? Is, there, is anger close by? Is sadness close by? What, 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 what emotions are sort of popping out? Are they more negative? Are they more positive? Uh, there seems to be this fever that just continues to hum in our life. And so in our own skepticism and in our own distrust, and that has actually bled into the skepticism and distrust that we have, even in my understanding for who God is as a person. We've gone from saying like, you and I worship you and I honor you to like, Lord, I'm like kind of not sure I trust you at the moment. And again, we all have moments of doubt. Doubt leads us to faith. I believe that. But I've just noticed this sort of trend towards people that love Jesus, just being really frustrated with them. And what I know is God is big enough to handle our frustrations. But he never wants to leave us in our frustrations. He wants to call us out back. And I love that phrase that Denise said. He, like, love them to death, but love them to life. Jesus wants to love us to life. And he calls us to live this abundant life. And so we, we don't want to just be people who stay in the disruption, but we are called to discipleship. We're a church that has said we are committed to discipleship. Years ago, we said we, we bet the farm on this one thing. We know that we will be not a successful church, but successful disciples if we are seeing discipling disciples, more disciples, more disciples. Right now, we have men's discipleship going on. We're looking to get a women's discipleship group started up again soon. Um, and we're just this people how to be disciples, not just. You guys following? Okay. So what is discipleship? It's simply, we've kind of laid it out in these three really simple terms over this time period, and it's this. We want to be with Jesus, we want to be like Jesus, and we want to do the things that Jesus did. That is as simple as it gets. We want to be with Jesus, we want to be like Jesus, and we want to do the things that Jesus did. So we don't just read the script, oh, that's really good, I wonder how I can play with this particular thing. 
um, with my brain, we want to connect our whole body to the personhood of Jesus. And so we look at this in three really distinct yet overlapping ways as a community. There's these three terms that we use. We love Venn diagrams here, um, as we should, as all Christians should love Venn diagrams. Um, Some of us have them tattooed on our arms, which I love. Um, But this idea of in, out, and up. And so real simple, in is about community. And and, and we, we believe that formation happens when we're with other people. There's something about sitting down and hearing a story from Kent over coffee and watching that begin to, to, to spark mischief in my own heart, to spark things and opportunities for me to, how, how do I begin to see this? Um, I heard that there was this really great 5K and uh, that happened just, the, yeah, just yesterday and a bunch of folks from a new showed up. Like that's community. That's people who are saying, hey, we're in this together. We want to see it. But also community is one of those things that in Renew, we don't want to just see like, here's a community. The community is just this continuation of like, we want to see this thing expand because the kingdom of God is so stinking good that we want to see it expand. We want to see seeds planted and seeds come to fruition in people's lives. And so up is very simply worship. What we're doing here, what we do in our house churches, it matters. What we do in our own homes, how is our, is our, is our church, how is our home, how our house church How's my work? How do I submit all of that to the Lordship of Christ? Worship is really about our idols. Is Jesus at the top or am I putting other things above him? And last thing, out or mission. We believe that every single Christian, every single disciple of Christ is called to make more disciples. Is called to, 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 Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? He was asked by a teacher of law. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And men's, guys and men's discipleship, what's the second half of that? Thank you. That's good. It's working. Um, your neighbor as yourself. And then we see Jesus call the church to the Great Commission. I'm going to throw another guy from Men's Discipleship up. Who wants to read or just recite the Great Commission from your mind? Anybody? Nice and loud? This is like the test. You're all thinking. Can't go for it. Mm. Amen. If Ken can do that, you can, uh, which I love. And so what's really cool is Jesus doesn't just call us to love God and love others, but he actually invites us into his mission. And so as a church, we believe that these three things are kind of how we do it. So being with Jesus, being like Jesus, and doing the things that Jesus did all happen within these places. And so that is such an important thing for us to get our heads around. Now, up to this point, uh, we, we have been in this series around the book Abide, um, and it's been such an interesting journey because it's forcing us back to Scripture, and it's forcing us to look at different practices of Scripture engagement. And up to this point, J.R. talked about sacred pathways, and the idea around that was how we actually have a, we have a spiritual way of connecting with Christ, connecting with God. So some of us are naturalists. I didn't put the whole list, but there's nine pathways You can Google it right now on your smartphones. You'll see the pathways and what are the sacred pathways. And it's just beautiful because there's naturalists and there's ascetics and there are um, intellectuals and these different ways that God has wired us to connect and engage with himself. Uh, Ben talked about what it is to pray scripture just in our last gathering. And we were invited into praying scripture together. 
And then uh, in the last couple of house churches, we've looked at putting yourself in the story. Uh, so if you're at my if you're at my house church, you got to read the story of of Jesus calming the storm with the beautiful track of winds and wave and storm uh, in the background, which Adrian did a great job and just led us through thinking about trying to put ourselves in the story. And today I get to talk about journaling. And so anyone has just this is like honest. We're among has anyone ever bought a journal? And like, just, you're like, man, this is going to be the masterpiece. And like four pages in, you're done. It's okay. You're among friends. That's like almost everyone. All right. Good job. Okay. Um, Me too. Uh, This has also been something that has been a struggle. But before we jump into it, I also want to say that uh, God has made each of us with really unique learning styles. And so I think I had, yes. Anyone ever seen anything like this? So for journalers, they're visual, auditory, and kinesthetic learner. And so some of us are very visual, right? Like, I love me some PowerPoint. Please put a video up there. I, I just suck everything in through my eyes. Some of us are auditory. Um, even those who are auditory learners still doesn't mean that they listen to everything. Uh, but but th- they really engage through hearing. And then some of us are also kinesthetic learners, which means that we need to be doing something. So uh, my brothers and sisters with ADHD in the room, like, can I get an amen? Like, that's you, right? Like, you can't just sit there and focus in a chair, but you, you're, you're fidgeting and you're doing stuff, and it looks like you're not paying attention to what you actually are. Am I the only one? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Chase. I appreciate it. Chase following us this morning. Um, and so journal, journaling is this way that I think it's really helpful for kinesthetic learners. Because it gives us an opportunity to, to, to engage with not just our minds, our eyes, or our ears but to like also use our pen. And it's, it's really cool. I, my, my, uncle is a, my uncle is 73 and he was baptized this summer and he's been eating up huge chunks of scripture. Uh, he, he's, he wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and reads scripture until 7.30, which is awesome. I challenge you all to do that tomorrow. Uh, good luck. <laughs> but he, he said this one thing, which I thought was really cool. The other day uh, I stopped in to see him. He said, you know, Doug, what's really amazing is I started reading the Bible out loud. It's changing my life. I'm like, if you're 73 years old and you're reading the Bible out loud and it's changing your life, then maybe I need to do the same. But what's interesting is like, we, and so he's an auditory guy. So when he hears it, it just changes something. Um, some of you have, have practiced like writing scripture, right? Anyone here? Just raise your hand. It's, it's, it's powerful because it seems to slow you down. That's very kinesthetic. It moves us in a direction of engaging more than our brains. And so today, um, I think if, you're, if, if your learning style is that way, you're going to love this. If it's not, you're gonna, just going to have to barrel through it. So I apologize. Um, but there's some couple that would be helpful for us. Of my friends who journal will all say the same thing. Uh, I hope that when I die, uh, I, somehow I can blow up with all my journals in my car. Or something, you know, if, if you're like an adventure person or... You know, I'm hoping that I have to have like a blood pact with someone. So when I die, they know, just throw it in the box with the, with, with the cremation stuff and it's gone. Um, and and I, I felt that way too, because I think if you look through my journals over the year, you're going to see like my struggles emotionally. You're going to look at like struggles with lust. You're going to look at struggles with um, trusting God, struggles with doubt, all this stuff, like struggles with just wanting to like get away from all this stuff and just be by myself or struggles with my faith. It's all written in there. But I, I wonder if the gift of that is that when, when, when my, my children have their children that have their, and they can look back and say, you know, great grandpa or grandpa or great, great, great grandpa 
Like he wasn't a perfect person, but man, he loved you. There was nothing that he was afraid to talk to Jesus about. I think there's something about that with people who actually pause long enough to write it down. Um, I have this beautiful gift and it's actually held together by electric tape. But this, this was a journal um, to, that my, one of my great, great ancestors, Reverend William Moister, traveled with. He was a missionary. And he traveled with this journal and he would write down stuff. He'd have other people write things in it. And what I love is it's, it's unfinished. There's a ton of blank pages. But every time I open this up, it's like a treasure trove. You see struggles, you see life. Uh, there's even a poem, a handwritten poem by Harriet Beecher Stowe in this thing, which I'm like, this is crazy. But it's like, I see this and it's just this beautiful reminder of God being at work. And I think there's something about it that Jesus, you know, Jesus never specifically talks about journaling. So I'm not going to tell you that you need to do it because Jesus commands it. There's a whole group of people during Jesus's day who were scribes. And that doesn't just mean guys that walked around trying to get everything right, but like they were meticulous about paying attention to what God was doing. The people who were recording the fingerprints of God through the people of God. And so I'm not here to convince you, but I am here to say for the next five days, for those of you that have the book, you're going to be practicing journaling because I think it's a way for us to engage God in such a beautiful way. Um, and we're going to practice this today. And so we, we're gonna, I'm going to give you guys 10 minutes, but I want to read a passage of scripture. And I have a couple of questions. And so how do we journal through scripture? Well, there's a great video. When you have this thing, check it out. Uh, if you're new with us and you're going to come back, or even if you're not, I have an extra copy with me. I'd love to give it to you. Um, and what's great is there's a code on the back so you can download all the material and be able to like check out some great teachers who are able to teach on this stuff much, much better than I am. Um, but there are five weeks or five days of actually looking and practicing journaling through scripture. But journaling through scripture is really, really beautiful because what it does is it invites us into the story. It invites us to have that beautiful intersect of where the Holy Spirit is meeting what's happening in my life right now. Um, some of you may be thinking, well, can I do that on my computer? Sure. Like however you want to journal is fine, but there's something amazing that happens when you bust out your pen, you pull your cap off and you sit down with God and you journal through what the reflections are that are happening inside of your own soul. Um, some of the things that I think can be really challenging for folks is, is they think when I, when I step into a journal, it you know, starts out like dear diary. And then six paragraphs later, I'm done for the day. Uh, I, I journal three, senten three sentences a day and sometimes a little bit more, but that's it. I have, I have two questions that I ask myself. First one is how am I showing up today? And Jesus and I talk about that. And I have a rule that it can only be one sentence. And then my second question that I journal every day is, what do I desire most today? Some of you are like, that's the weirdest thing ever. And it is. And sometimes it's pizza. And sometimes it's, it's I desire to be close to someone. Sometimes it's, it's, Lord, my desire feels messed up. Can you, I don't even know what it is, but I want it to be you. But it's this space to put my desires before the throne of grace and say, I, I need you to help shape this in me. And then uh, sometimes, most of the times, I also have just a little section of where did God show up and where did, and, and how did I notice him and where did I sort of move away from him? Where did I, where did those things happen? So that, that, that's my journal. And, and if you, I would love to read some of them, but I'm not because of time. Um, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at Luke 11. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. 
And um, I'm going to read it, and then there's a few questions that are going to... Actually, before I do that, everyone stand up, get a piece of paper. They're on the, back, they're on the sides, grab them some for friends. But just try to get some paper out uh, to everyone if we can. Um, if you have a pen, great. There's some colored pencils there um, that I just asked you return them back when you're finished. See, so get a little break. Stand up, stretch out, do your thing. Okay, we all back? Got some papers? Ready to go? All right, good. Does anyone need pens? Pens or writing utensils? I have this one here. It's very special to me, um, but you're more than welcome to use it. Just don't fall in love with it too much. Okay. Okay, let me pray for us as we jump into this passage. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Uh, help us to engage with you. Help us to move distraction to the side and to be present with you. So Luke 11 says this. Luke, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, how would be your name? Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also... For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a, I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up, and give you the bread because of friendship. Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, who asks, receive. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. For which of you fathers, if a son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so these are the questions that sort of pop up. I'm going to put them up here. So I want you to write down each prompt, leave a little bit of space. But the first one is, Lord, teach me to. You can fill in that blank. And we're going to go through these, and then we'll give you a few minutes. The next question, who needs forgiveness? Wait, actually, I did that wrong. The next question is going to be this. Lord, I need forgiveness for. So just write that prompt. Lord, forgive me for, I need forgiveness for. And then the next prompt, who do I need to forgive? And then the last prompt, which I think is pretty pointed in light of our story today, and even just in light of where we are as the people of God, what keeps me from opening up and pursuing the Holy Spirit? And so I'm going to give you all eight minutes. 
And if some of you need to kind of move around or get space or sit or do something different, you can. But I just want to just have a silent space for us to practice responding to scripture from seeing the questions come out. I want to leave us with one more question. And I want to leave with you the answer that I think this is how our elders would answer it. But I also want to give space for you as well, uh, personally. So the question is this, what's, what is my big ask? Because what I love about this passage is Jesus says, be audaciously annoying in our prayer. Um, many of you know that my, my wife's a teacher and for years we've been praying that God would give her a full-time job with benefits because teachers have amazing benefits and it's just such a gift. Um, but what's so cool is from the first day that we started to align our hearts that direction, my, my mom and dad started praying. And every single week for four, three years, my dad would say, did it happen? Did it happen? Did it happen? And he said, I just kept, like, I don't know if God's listening. He just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying to the point where like, I would get frustrated because I'm like, dad, it's going to happen in God's timing, which honestly was my cop out. But what I loved is like, I just watched my mom and dad faithfully pray into this for, for mayor. And it was so cool to like call him the day when they offered that full-time position. And just to see like that faithful presence, that faithful annoyance of my mom and dad before the throne of grace, pleading with Jesus for this particular thing. And like it convicted me deeply. And it also moved me to, to realize that like, friends, Jesus is asked by his disciples, how do I pray? And what I love about that is it teaches us that Jesus asked that question. It's like, Lord, teach me too. He does that. When we ask him, he does. And I think the journaling is a space where we can begin to play with that particular space. But I love how when he's asked in, in Luke's gospel, he teaches them sort of the, the Lord's prayer abbreviated, right? We can look at the other one in, in, in Mark, but... Uh, or in Matthew, but we're going to stay here. But what's amazing is the, the gospel writer, Luke, he ties the whole thing into the Holy Spirit. There's something really significant about why he does that, which I'm not going to, I don't have time to get into, but I feel like I could talk for two days on this. But there's something really important as he talks about prayer in this, in this way he hits the main things, you know, how be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, forgive us, help us forgive others. And then he tells the story and then he goes into this whole thing about the Holy Spirit. Because for Luke, he doesn't just want to make Christians who pray nice prayers. He wants to make disciples who, who have big asks, who pray big, bold prayers. And so for Renew, this is our prayer that we'd ask you to, to be annoyingly tenacious with. God, would you continue to renew, renew? So I'd ask that you would write that down. You pray that for this beautiful community continually. But I also ask that you would spend time with Jesus figuring out what is that big ask that you have for the Father who listens he says that we're called friends, but even in the story, the friendship isn't what gets the person up. It's the tenacity. 
So as we are continually being people who are formed in the image of Christ, who are trying to live out this this discipleship life in very practical ways, I want to encourage you to find what that big ask is. Maybe it's that the seeds planted at the 45 fifth reunion would come to fruition in, and Kent would be Kent and Cindy would be able to see the fruit grow before their eyes. Maybe it's a renewed heart. Maybe it's sin that just seems to continue to creep and like mess with your heart and, and separate you from God. Maybe it's your marriage that you're just longing to see the Holy spirit show up and just radically shift and change it. Maybe it's, there's a lot of hurt and, and difficulty around something that happened in your past and you want to see freedom take root. Maybe it's also just the, the singleness. Maybe it's, maybe it's widowedness. Whatever those things are, Jesus is present and he says, ask. So I want to encourage you to have the courage and boldness to do that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you. Lord, as, as we close our time, um, as we get ready to worship you through song again, We just ask that you would help us to be people who pay attention to the movement of your spirit. That you would help us to have great memories. And even if, even if journaling is not our thing, that even in this week that we practice it, that we would begin to see real good stuff happening in our souls. We love you so much. We thank you in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.